Hello, welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, please visit the YouTube channel or the website on www.halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Remember that we remember that we did, you know, the, the birth of Christ, and we and we know that what the birth of Christ. Most people just understand that birth of Christ, but what they don't understand is what went after that. Is that, or before that and after it is that six months after the announcement of John's birth, the angel Gabriel was commissioned to deliver a similar message to to in Nazareth, in a little little town to a young virgin named Mary of the tribe of Judah. She was espoused or engaged to Joseph. But this quiet young girl was told that through the operation of the Holy Spirit, she would give birth to a son. And the Bible says that the Spirit overshadowed Mary and she, con- and she conceived. And that, as we know, was that child of, 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 of Jesus Christ. But already... Elizabeth and Zechariah had already been spoken to by an angel to tell them that they would have a son and they were naming John. And of course we know who John the Baptist was. He was the forerunner of Christ. He brought the whole of Israel by keep preaching to them to repent of all their sins and forget about what they've done because this Messiah is coming. So they have no excuse of, 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 knowing, of not knowing what, what happens and what's going to happen. So let's just do the birth of Christ. Let's just remind ourselves again. And it had been... Re- Oops, the daisy. That's not the beginning, is it? Hallelujah. I love technology. Hallelujah. Here we go. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out. Remember this? Remember we said how amazing God got all the things to work in line. But those days the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So this is, this is Caesar Augustus that says he wants all the world to be registered. This census first took place when Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered and everyone to his own city. Joseph went to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem. So amazing again. So we're reading these things and we know what's happened. So we can see how God orchestrated this. Because it was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. She realized that when they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for, for, for them in the end. And do you know the most amazing thing is, is how God's orchestrated that to get to get Quirinius to, 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 and Augustus to make sure that it was going to be registered at this time. It's quite fascinating. How, how can anyone prophesy that all these things were going to happen? And then use people all over, all over the world in different situations, from Rome into Syria, into, into Nazareth, into, in, into, into, into Bethlehem, to make sure the scripture was fulfilled. Oh come on! Even if we can't, even if we can't, really, I mean that's just we can't even get three three dots in a row. Let alone over thousands of years to get all these things to happen. So this is this really shows the amazing power of God. Okay, and we know what happens. 
So while all these things were happening, we know that that there's other things going, other things going on. And so this this same night that Jesus was, was born, there was never the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. You know, I'll keep saying this: if some massive angels appeared to us in the sky as we went home, our first reaction was going, oh, hallelujah, hi, angels. It's so spiritual, it's so against our natural way of life. No wonder they were frightened. Has anybody ever seen spirits? One, two, three. Does anybody would like to see them? Not you, Nice ones. Nice, okay, well done, Linda. The nice ones, the nice ones, the angels. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, the, the times that I've had um, where I've seen some of these things, you know, they're just so special. My, my biggest one seeing angels <coughs> was when I was in, in, in doing a, a, a family conference on the South China Sea, you know, in a, in a facility that we built out of wood. Um, a roof and a concrete base and no, no, no sides because guess why? It's 30 degrees. So we had to put great massive fans to keep us cool. But we had over 900 people there. And I remember praying to the Lord, and, you know, knowing that something was going to happen. And I said, Lord, send your angels down. Let's, let's just soak this place. Let's have hosts of heaven to come down. And I seen the sky open and I seen like this massive white angels just coming down and, and they, it was all around it. You know, well, I tell you what, I preached that night. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't even, I know that I only said one verse that night. And the whole place was in, you know, just, just exciting and amazing the power of God. And I was, all I said was this, take off your shoes, you are standing on holy ground and the took the shoes off and that was it it was just spiritual ministry after that people receiving the Holy Ghost miracles were happening see that's all it is you know what one verse one verse it's just incredible what God can do those are the lovely spiritual things that you'll remember for the rest of your life so you know those are the sort of things that I remember that when you know that little tiny devil coming in your head of doubt you know, I have to look back at some of the things and just go, oh, <laughs> you know, everybody will have some great things to look back on. And he said, don't be afraid, because that's what we're like, because I bring good times of great joy. And that's what a great message, great joy, not like, you know, oh, this is going to happen, that great joy to which to be all people. And that's it. Joy to all people. Joy. Just, when you've got joy, you smile. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not if your name's Joy, but Joy. It's great. It's incredible. For this to born this to the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign you will find a babe. So there he is. This angel is now speaking to the shepherds. And don't forget, this is not December. <coughs> Why? How do we know it's not December? Sheep are out in the fields, and the shepherds don't go out in the winter with the sheep, you know, keeping the flocks. So we know it can't be December. It's got to be sometime spring or summer, but that's irrelevant. The date is irrelevant. What is happening is the happening. And it's like people say to me, oh, well, Jesus wasn't born. It's not his birth on the 25th. And I sort of never said it is. All we're doing is celebrating the birth. Not the birth. 
day, the birth of our Saviour. That's why we do it for him. And, and so that's so forget it, forget it what it is. And this will be the signs you will find a bankruptcy. And, and they, there it was. You know, that's exactly so they knew what he was going to look for. It's going to look for, go into a manger, look for a baby in swaddling clothes, you know. Well, how many how many mangers in in, in, a, in, 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 in Bethlehem is gonna be with children being born that night? You know, do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's just the the sheer the mathematics, the sheer thing that's happening, it's just like wow. And we don't read it like that. We read it as a nice little story, don't we? We don't really know how incredible these things work together. And suddenly, there were the angel of multitude. How many is a multitude? Thousands. Thousands? How many thousands? thousands. Go on, David! David's, David's exploding here. A hundred thousand angels in the sky. Amazing. Any, any more on a hundred thousand? Is that enough? Hundred thousand or more? <laughs> <laughs> you win. <laughs> so, praising God, though, can you imagine? So it's not just—it's not just a hundred thousand angels. It's a hundred thousand angels praising God. It's just—it's so it, the noise, the sound, the look. It's just so far more than we think. And they're, and they're singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. What, a, what an amazing time. So this is, this is, this is much more than we, than we think. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, come on, let's get down to Bethlehem and see them, what, what's come to pass. So they believed it. Can't see why they wouldn't, but they believed it, and they went to Bethlehem. And the Lord made what the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now, when they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying. So they went out straight away and began to tell everyone what has happened. And the people didn't deny it; they believed it. <coughs> and and all those who heard it marvelled. Incredible at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And it says that a few times about Mary because she's, she's, she is this normal human being that's had the Son of God. You know, and she knows what, you know, she knows this is the Son of God. So I mean, it's again just like, that's just beyond our comprehension. This has been made by God and this is, this is it's going to save them. Hello? See, you can even say the Albion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Marvel at those things which kept by the shepherds. Mary kept all these. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. And that was told to them. Well, it carries on, doesn't it? It carries on. And what happens? Jesus, we don't know much about Jesus' life. So, for, so the first time that he went to the temple, he was how old? Twelve. Pardon? Eight days. Eight days. Eight days. Why eight days? There we go. So, so every male was circumcised after eight days. So that is amazing. That you know, he 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 went after eight days. Um, So, but to Simeon, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
So we came to the Spirit into the temple. Now, when was the second time we went? Actually, it wasn't. I <laughs> know. Oh, it wasn't. It was after 40 days. Why 40 days? Anybody tell me? Come on, brilliant. They have to, the child has to go for a purification, cleansing service as well. So that's the second time he went. So these are the only things we know that he did. And then when was the next time, Leslie? When he was 12. Wow. Wow, well done, Leslie. Thank you. That's my pleasure. It's, it's my pleasure. So it, that's when he came. And he had to come at that time as well. He took it. So he went there and, uh, and he came by the Spirit into the temples. That's where Jesus went. And when the parents brought it, no, Simeon. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up to his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Here we go again, the Saviour, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So that was so important that we, we, we know that because it's so important that these things so Simeon was given this word ages before and he said he would not die until he sees the saving of the world. I mean, come on. This is just way beyond our, our, our mindset. So the Spirit, remember when we did the, the Truth Revealed, and that Spirit is moving upon certain people, certain times, certain places, to get what God wants to get done. So the Scripture shall be fulfilled. And that's the way that, that it works. Does anybody know how far that Mary and Joseph had to walk? Would they have walked, or did they go on a donkey? From where? From where they were to get to, to Bethlehem. 200? It's, it was, it's, it's about 100, 100 rolls. They, they were at Nazareth. And they had to travel. And it's important because people always say they went on a donkey, don't they? The Bible doesn't say it. So there's no little donkey on this one either. Praise the Lord. Okay? Just, I've just got this little donkey thing that everybody sings all these songs about the donkey. And whenever they said there was a donkey, there wasn't one. And so that's just man making some, um, some other, 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 stories, other stories up. So it is, quite, it is quite fascinating that all these things, all these things that we see today, you know, that have, have all their birth way back from when Jesus Christ Jesus Christ was born. Remember, everything, every one of these was, was prophesied that was going to happen. So this is this is in Isaiah. Anybody know how long Isaiah was before that? Seven to eight hundred years. So Isaiah prophesied, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name, not him called Emmanuel, his name. Does everybody understand that? 
Everyone understand his name shall be called Emmanuel. His name isn't Emmanuel. His name shall be called. So Jesus is called, that, that's Emmanuel. Does everybody know what Emmanuel is? Can you remember? God with us. So they knew. So that's why they, that although they knew his name was Jesus, they would say, this is, that, this, Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. So they knew who Jesus was. So that's quite fascinating for, for, for us to, to see there. And so Jesus Christ had to follow all these things and, and everyone had to follow everything to make sure the scriptures were fulfilled. Micah, something that not, we don't read very often. Everyone's agree with that? Yeah. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratha, that's another name for it. So, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from old and from everlasting. So we see, would they know what they're talking about? No, they, 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 when these prophets did this, it's quite fascinating that God got the prophets to, to, to say these things and write them down. And even though they didn't understand, so that fascinates me because it tells me we don't have to understand. It's amazing, isn't it? As long as we, so they had the faith to do exactly what God told them to do. Say it, write it. And that, that's it. And then every scribe to transfer it you know, over the years to do it. So it's, it's quite fascinating. And remember how many scriptures tell the coming of, of Jesus Christ and all the actions he had? How many prophecies in the Old Testament? Can you remember? Anyone? Not even you, Lynn. That's it. She's, got, she's in detention. In detention this Friday. 400 over 400. That's amazing. That you can get 400 actions from thousands of years of people saying it's going to do all to fall in line. <coughs> Mathematics? It's got to be infinite. It's got to be infinite to be able to do that. Excuse me. So this is this is it's so important, and, and we know that <coughs> we know that all these things did happen, but we've seen it. But you know, God uses anyone, and that's what I love. God even uses heathen to get His work done, and that is quite difficult for us, where we're trying to be these lovely Christians, trying to follow God's word, and yet. God will even use heathens to get us right. So be careful. When somebody says something nasty to you or anything else, you know, what, what's it for? Are they being nasty or is God testing us? It's, it's, it, it, we will find out because it, it, our reaction tells us where we are with, with the Lord. Amen? Yes. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. A satrap... It's not a trap for a sat. <laughs> it's just a, 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 a somebody that's in charge in each area. That's all it means. Like a 
governor like a, you know, something like that. That's all the satrap is. To be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. So there's, hey, we know we know the story about Daniel and how you know he was one who was taken and, 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 and that God used him. And the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. So somebody had to be in control. And when this Daniel distinguished himself. So here's a Jew in the... Is he a Syrian or is he... Uh, Babylonian. 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 In ba- Babylonia. So there's King Darius who picks this, 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 this Jew... Um, because he could see that he was distinguished above all the, and he put him above all the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to set him over the whole realm. Isn't that amazing what God will do? That God had his people captivity, and all of a sudden the king of, 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 of all that nation that, that captured Israel, all of a sudden he makes one of his own people prime minister, because that's the sort of job that he was that he would, he, would, he would do all that. So all these things are working together to ensure that Jesus Christ and all these things that happen so that, that, that we can see God will use... It's amazing. And so that should fill us with great hope that God can use... Me. That's a that's really personal gift. Yeah. Me. Me. You know, and, and we all we all struggle with it. We all struggle with what we're going to do and what we're going to say and everything else. And yet, God's going, hey, hey if I can get somebody who's been in capture and use these people to go and capture Israel because they're disobedient, and then start to grow again and put them in charge of the, even the even the nation that's that just done. What can He do with us? That's brilliant, isn't it? What can he do with poor old me. What can he do? Go on, kid. Anything. Such as. Are you sure? Are you sure God will enable you to teach? I love my I love my prayers. They just they just test you all the time. Now you're right though, kid. You know, we don't look at God like that. We look at ourselves first. We look at our, ourselves, our circumstances, our situations, our experience, our education, who we are and what we are, instead of looking at the God of what He can do. And that's the word. This you is the Joshua. Huh? You Joshua, to an army, to lead an army, and he was the weakest one in the world. Here we go, Kevin. Look at Saint. Brilliant. <laughs> Kevin's doing it next week. <laughs> Kevin gets stickers every week. <laughs> he brings me an apple as well. <laughs> so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and the reign of So all this is just all trying to show us that the hope of this world, it got forecasted it, is trying to show us that no matter what we think, no matter what it is, God brings the things to pass that he wants to bring to pass. How many people does he want to get saved? What's the scripture say? Yeah. 
He wants all men to be saved. The men is mankind. So isn't it fascinating? So we can see that no matter what we say, no matter what we think, no matter who we look at, no matter how bad we think they are and what they are, God still wants them to be saved. And you know, salvation is what He came for, remember? Jesus Christ came seek and save those that are lost. Isn't that amazing that God's came for you, Josh? That's how personal it is, though, Josh. It's not like, oh, this church. God comes to get his people, to get his people saved. Okay, I'm going to miss this. Do you mind if I miss this one? I'll read it. Just give a brief, brief explanation. Know therefore and understand that then from going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince. Hello? So this is Daniel speaking now. Beside the prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. 62 and 7 is 69. And the streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut up, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood. And still the end of the war desolations are determined. Okay, here we go. Right, it's actually going to be 70 weeks. He's only talking about 69 weeks. The 70 weeks are, are, are a week is, is, is seven years. So 70 weeks times 70 is 490. This, this Daniel was doing it four, I think it was 443 years before Jesus came. So 490 added on to, and you can see that Jesus Christ come at the end of it. That's the mathematics. If you'd like to check it, it's, it's the mathematics. Because like, okay, because that's how God works, isn't it? He calls different time limits by everything else. You know, he says a day is but a a thousand years. And what he what he's trying to tell us, David, is that these things that we look at, God looks at completely different. You know, so you know, it's, it's, does, what does time mean to God? See, so we try to... The numbers are there, David, because it, it tells us later why it's done that. Okay? And I can't remember what it is, but I just know that one week equals seven days. Uh, seven years. So, and all he's trying to do here, all, all, the, all the teaching he's trying to tell us, is that even that, God has got Daniel way back there with Darius, got him there, and then, then, then told him what was going to happen. All these things are going to happen, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. After these 70 weeks, the Messiah will be here. Amazing. And, and that end of that, he's actually started his ministry by that time. So absolutely incredible. Because does everyone know... When a when a uh, priest of Israel starts his ministry, thirty years. Thirty years, isn't that? So he needs he needs life's some of life's experiences before, and he also needs to learn his. Here we go. Leslie's got a confidence back again. <laughs> you learn the scriptures because that's isn't that the same as us? same as us. God is working with us to give us these scriptures to get stronger and stronger so that, that we haven't got to keep worrying about what we're going to say because don't forget what happens when we're doing this preaching and teaching. God brings the scriptures forth as well. But if we don't know what they are, absolutely care. 
that's why it's so important for us to make sure we, 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 we look at these, uh, the words that God is, is doing. Okay. So, no, no other record of Jesus Christ. Okay. No other records that we actually don't know. We know he, we know he was a carpenter, didn't we? So that's what he started when he was older. And it tells us that he, he, he obeyed his parents and all these sorts of things. Um, and, 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 but nothing. But we do actually know what he would have been doing as a Jew. He'd been going to the synagogue. He'd have been taught by the taught by the scribes. He'd have been taught by his parents because the, 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 in those days the parents had to teach them. Deuteronomy, the Shema, Deuteronomy four six. Um, and he says, no, no, it's not Deuteronomy four six. And he says, he said, and the parents will teach their children. In the morning and at night, and you know, and, and these these scriptures they will go over and over. And the first scripture they taught them was the Shema: "You shall love the Lord your God." Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then that's the first scripture that we're taught. Isn't that fascinating? One God. One God that they were taught, and then they would teach them day to day because. What does the scripture say about the children kept in the Old Testament? Children obeying parents. No, the one that about the teaching, remember? You, you, you actually told me. Oh, you said it the other day. Okay, and it says, and it says, parents, teach your children in the way they should go. Yeah. So it's the same for, for us today. Do we teach our children? And you know, we've got to have that time with our children because you can imagine, what does it do when the, when the parents are teaching the children? It, bond, it creates a bond. The, the parents know what the children know. They know what to teach them, and etc., etc., etc. It's so important. And also, they will grow up in knowing the Word of God. Okay. Numbers, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, but we know that, the, that they talk about this star that came over, that came over, and the um, the magi, the wise men. And it doesn't say three. Does everybody know that? It doesn't say three. So we don't know how many wise men. Just three gifts. There might have, they might there might have been twenty wise men giving giving different gifts of each one. We we never know. But and a scepter shall rise up. Israel. What does anybody know? Why, why a scepter? Right, brilliant. The, the Queen's got a scepter. Have you seen it? That, that scepter. It's the it's the it's the sign of authority. And as as Ben said, power. When when I got baptized in, in, in America, the, uh, the three different people went up to the pastor afterwards and they said, We've seen something happen when Mark come out of the tank. And he said, What was it? He said, Did you see him raise his hand in the air? And he said, Yes, did you see what he pulled down? And they said, no, he said, it's a scepter. So, you know, they said, and, and the pastor said to me, Mark, you've been given authority of God. You know, that's, that's pretty, pretty neat, pretty neat. But that, it's the scepter, it, it's the power. And of course, look at it, the power to batter the brow of Moab. Moab is the Moabites, one of those tribes that were always against it, the Hittites, the Moabites. And, and that, that, again, all, go, all goes back, right to back to 
Cain and Abel and all these people that, 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 that sin there and all the families that come from them, all those people that did wrong all those years ago were all the tribes were the descendants of, of, the, of what the bad people did right from the beginning. And, and it's amazing how they all surrounded Israel. And of course the Canaanites, they were born from Amazing, isn't it? And it's still the same problem today. And yet they're called the Philistines now, aren't they? Amazing. Palestinians, well done, they? Palestinians. Incredible. So even that should tell us what, a, what an amazing story this is. <laughs> and so you can understand why well, we've got to have some hope. Alright, we've got to have some hope. And that's why Jesus Christ is the only hope of the world. And no matter what everyone tells you, He's the only one that's going to put us into a good place. No matter what sickness, no matter what anger, no matter what finance, no matter what health, no, whatever it is. He's, he's this amazing hope that, that we know is going to change this world through Okay, here we go. What, did, what was the first miracle? Okay. The leper. No, no, great. No. Turning the water into wine. Hallelujah. Leslie's coming now. Kev, she's beating you now. Five four. It's five four. Not only because I stopped you. Yeah. <laughs> I tackled you in, in midstream, Kev. In midstream. And isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? You think to yourself, well, hold on a moment. 
he tells us not to, you know, not to get drunk and all this business and everything else, and then he doesn't turn the water into wine. And what's even better, it's that water is turned into wine is better than the wine they were serving. Don't ask me. Amazing though. Just a miracle of doing that. You know, that, that when we used to drink, you know, I'll pray, you know, for all the water that come out of the tap, you know, that we can't even black label. But it never happened. I'm only joking. <laughs> She's looking at me, I'm not trying. So, important, important, because then because that first miracle, and they sort of went, What? What is that wine? And the master of the ceremony went, Oh, everybody normally gives the best wine and then makes them, you know, as you carry on drinking, they're not knowing, get rid of the worst wine out. You've bought the best wine out, so that's what the scripture says. So I believe that's what Jesus did. But it suddenly, all of a sudden, changed the disciples. Wow. Wow. Right, next. Is this not the carpenter's son? Now, here we go. This is us. This is, this is even our minds. This is not the carpenter's son. It's not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. So he's got four brothers there. And his sisters. How many sisters? Hmm. I wonder why it doesn't say any sisters. Does anybody like to find out what the names of the sisters were? There's one Mary. Four, five, five, five there with Jesus, and his sisters are they not all with us? So they're looking at, at, at Jesus as one of the one of the brothers. Then, okay, that's all they're looking at him as. Um, and his sisters not with us. Where did this man get all these things? So here we go. Where did this man, this bloke that we know with all these brothers and sisters, where you know where on earth is he doing all these things? So they were offended at him. Because Jesus started preaching to all the people that, knew, that he knew, they were offended at him because all they thought, well, this Joseph and Mary's son, have another with the brothers and sisters. Who does he think he is? You can imagine the flesh going berserk. Well, who does he think he is? You know, well, I don't know why he knows all those things, etc., 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 but listen to the answer. Jesus said to them, a prophet, someone who's going to foretell foretell or or tell what's happening right now as well a prophet is not without honour except in his own country and in his own house now we did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief I tell you what that's the same as us today that's the same as us today when people get to know someone or think they know them and straight away they look at them and tear them apart oh him he can't be a preacher. Huh? You want to be here? See, one thing we're perfect. And there's only two that was perfect. Jesus <laughs> and Mark. <laughs> I have to repent it. I have to repent each time I do it. But it is funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it is important that Jesus had to be about his father's business. And so you can see he goes about his father's business. And this is, we've had this story before. 
His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. So we now know he's going to one of the major feasts, I think. The three they had to go to, five I think they ended up. There was loads of feasts. And so... So there's loads of feasts. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem, the custom of the feast. But when they finished the days, they returned. But the boy Jesus lived behind. He stayed in Jerusalem. And Joseph... <laughs> and Joseph... Joseph... Having a good time with technology tonight. Okay. What's this one? It's just fine. Just far enough. Anyway, I can read it because we know the story. When Jesus had finished his days and returned to the boy Jesus, he lingered. But supposing him to be in the company, they went. So that means there must have been lots of people that came up for the Passover and now they're all going back. It's not like there's only one family. Well, how could they not have the family with them? Because if there was like 50 or 100 or 200 that went, they'd think, well, he's with us in the end. Playing off with his mates. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. It was after three days they found him. They've gone and come back and then started to look for him. Linda wouldn't let our children go for three days without finding him. Nor most of us would be in there. They found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Twelve years old, and he was there. <coughs> with the people in the temple, with the scribes, <laughs> and with all the teachers and everything else. So it's quite fascinating. Listen to the, this. I love this because it's not just Jesus. He's talking about what can happen to us as well. We can be amazed at what comes out of our mouths also. And all who heard him were astonished at the understanding and answers of its back. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? They didn't know. It's quite fascinating, really. They didn't know. They knew he was the son of God, but all he was was a... So simple, isn't it? He was a, he was, he was, <laughs> he was a child. But they did not understand the statement, which he spoke to them. They would later, but they, they, they didn't know um, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. We've done this in our truth revealed. Subject to them, you know. To obey the parents is the first blessing of a child. It's the first blessing. For a child to <coughs> obey their parents, God blesses that child. So it's not about us being in control of the children, which we should do. We know that. But for the children themselves, he said, they would teach them this. It's a blessing for the child to obey the parents. God blesses them. So listen to the disobedient child, the opposite. God doesn't bless them. So isn't it important that we make sure we're teaching our children and loving them and showing them what it's like to be a good Christian. It's quite fascinating. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God. Isn't that amazing? So, so while he's from that year 12 on, that's what happened. Then this is the plan. 
All the time now, Jesus will be increasing in wisdom. Listen to this spiritually and physically. He's growing up, isn't he? And in favour with God and man. Because what happened, he, he, he definitely had favour with God. God dwelt in him fully. And so Jesus, as a man, showed us how we should respect God and how we should pray and all those other things. But also that with men. Because you know in a minute we're going to talk about the, the disciples and things like that. So, you know, people just looked at him. And he called them. He didn't preach to them or anything. They just got up and followed, left their job. David, I think the Lord's telling you now, he's going to leave and he's going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, it's important that we understand that all these things are quite amazing. Quite amazing that he did. So, wisdom, mental growth. That's what it is. This wisdom is what God wants us for. You know, on Sunday what we did, and we did, it tells us about this wisdom. It's, you know, the Bible says it's an ornament around our neck. It's something to say, look, we've, we've got this. You know, so it is so important that we understand that Jesus the man increased in wisdom, and of course he had to get bigger. A carpenter in those days, um, massive, massive amount of hard work. And one of the biggest jobs they had was, believe it or not, not carpentry. It was splitting rock. And all they'd do is, is get the rock, make a cut, put wood in it, water the wood, and the wood would... It's amazing! Just, you know, so what kind of work they would do? And then they'd have to, they'd have to, to, to move the rocks, how would they move them? How would they, how would they get rocks up? That donkey knife. Using levers. The donkey, donkey used to put the big massive block on his back and clump the ladder yeah, and drop it. Ah, oh, pulley. The answer is pulley, sweetheart. They would, the carpenters would already make the pulleys and be able to get it up that way. So that's the way they did it. So hard work all the time. <coughs> And I did, but I thought it was much funnier watching the donkey go up the ladder with a big brick on his, on his back. Hallelujah. Absolutely, absolutely right. So it, it's important that there he is that Jesus would have to grow um, physically as he's going up to even do his job. So the job was physical in those days. And because there was a shortage of wood as well, that would have to get wood from, from elsewhere. So, very important, little bits of information that we know that he, he grew in stature, he grew in his spiritual growth, and his social development and behaviour, watching all the people he, he, who were looking at everything that was going on as well, and getting ready for his ministry. Okay, baptism of, baptism of Christ. The Lamb of God. <coughs> we know what happens here as well. This is again... It's so important. The next day John saw Jesus coming because he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How did he know? He was told what was going to happen, David. Absolutely right. He would come and he would see the Spirit descend upon him and he would know the Christ. He would know that would be the Christ. And so he called him. Behold, the Lamb that takes the sin of the world. And this is he who I said, After me comes a man who was preferred before me, for he was before me. And I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. 
therefore I can baptize you with water. And so, John himself knew that it was the Son of God, and of course he struggled. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. Not a dove, like a dove. So we see the Spirit descend upon him and remained upon him. That was God's way of baptizing his Son in the Spirit, and John was given that uh, revelation, that prophecy, it was going to happen. But he who sent me to baptize water said to me, so it's the same person that, is, that told him about that and said, you're going to baptize all these people into repentance. So getting ready for the Messiah to come. So that tells us that Israel, even then, was still in sin. Well done. Upon whom is the Spirit sending and remaining on him? This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So straight away. Complete change. No longer is it just about the physical being baptized in water repentance, but now you're going to be baptized in the Spirit. Who knew what that was? No, it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing that he he talks all of these things and we read the Scripture? Nobody knew. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So it's amazing. And of course, John did this, Lord. Tried to prevent him, saying, because now he knows it's the Son of God, he knows it's the Messiah, and, and you can understand what he feels like. He's going, oh, I don't know, I'm just a man. Oh, what we are. I shouldn't be baptizing you, Jesus. You should be baptizing me. And it's brilliant. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fill all. Righteousness. And he allowed him. It's what God foretold. And so it has to be done. It has to be right. It has to be what God said. And that righteousness is just making sure that we're upright. We're following God. We're straight. We're honest. All those things. This has got to happen to fill everything that I've said. Because everything that I've said, we've, we've seen that mint, so, so will I, that million things. And how much God will do for his man to, to get him to him and to get him saved. It's got to be done. And then he allowed him. So, incredible. So, this is so important that, you know, that Jesus showed us. Because it's, 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 it's that example. For to, for to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So, think about it. So, on that day, he was baptised in water and he was baptised in the... Holy. This is quite fascinating, isn't it? And it's not like us. Guess why? Because he's Jesus. Because he was begotten by the Spirit. And so, but it's still our example. And we know later when we see that, that he's <coughs> committed no sin. So that's amazing because we got. Is it warm in here? No, no. It's warm, I'm not. Turn Oh, you can hear me now. I haven't got a shout now. I'm sweltering. 
promise you, I've lost four pounds. Okay. No one noticed was found in his mouth. This is just beautiful, isn't it? When he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, did not threaten. But committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the truth. That we having died to sin might be for righteousness. So we walk rightly, right with God, following the scriptures to make sure that we're living according to what God wants. And by whose stripes you were healed. And don't forget, this healing is not just physical, it's everything. It's spiritual, it's emotional, it's the disappointments, it's the anger, it's all the things. It's all those things that we do wrong. And yet, he actually died on that cross so we can leave it behind and be free and move and move forward. You were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. <coughs> and, and you know, we have to say this. Don't forget that you know we could go to church and everything and still be lost. It's so important that you know, that we, we 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 ensure that everybody knows what the scriptures are, so they can follow and improve and grow stronger in in, in Christ. I, the Lord, have caused you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness and the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I will not give to another, nor my praise carved to my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things are declared. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And you know, that's that's what Jesus, it's not from this scripture. So you can see Isaiah was talking about this Messiah that was coming, and what he's going to do, and I will give you the covenant to the people, and that's what Jesus come. And we actually know that um, also in Isaiah, he actually turned around and talked about the Messiah, Isaiah 61, 1, and he says, I've anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor and everything else. So all it is, Isaiah knew that this was going to come. And of course, the day that Jesus started his ministry, when he, when he came out of the wilderness, is exactly what he preached. So and yet again, it's not just that he said that. And that Isaiah twice said these things about Jesus, what he's going to do. And so we know um, how amazing uh, God is that he did that. And we know God was tempted, Jesus was tempted, don't we? And it, it, it immediately, it's fascinating, immediately after he got baptised and, 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 and got filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit sent him into the, into the wilderness. For what? Tested. Okay. Think about it. What did he send him for? Why else would he send him? Kev, the temptation, we'll read it, lasts about three minutes. To learn? Absolutely. David, that God would be start teaching him all the things that he's got to do there. I believe that because he came back and he knew it was his ministry time. And he started the ministry immediately. And, and when did the devil tempt him? 
after the 40 days of here we go well done king when he was weak and Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil so that was the plan take him take him out there no food get him weak get him you know that you know desperate cute flesh flesh would be desperate and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry <coughs> it still makes me laugh when I read this you know some people are hungry and they miss breakfast let alone go 40 days you know it's, it, it's, a, it's amazing and when the tempter came and said to him so this is after the 40 days if you're the son of God command these stones become bread isn't it amazing so what's he start with what does the devil start with because it is because it's in the natural if we don't eat we'll die so it's natural our desire is to have food and the flesh likes food and isn't it amazing how the, the flesh today likes junk food it fascinates me, you know, that even I say, Liam, I, I don't fancy you know, all that lovely fresh food you've got, you know, and all the olives and the, and the salads and everything else. Fancy pizza. <laughs> and even, you know, it, 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 I just, I don't know why. I don't know why. Why, why do we all, most people like chocolate? So, you know, there's nothing in the Bible which says, I shall tempt you with chocolate. You gluttons. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. So bread, so food, natural, natural thing for each one of us. And so after 40 days, he's tempting him. And he says, like, you know that. But what does he say? The answer said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he's telling he's straight away gone from the, from the flesh <laughs> to the spirit. You know, this is where we're going to live. By learning the, the word of God. Not by our flesh. Our natural instinct is to eat, but he's saying, yep, you're going to tempt me. Because what's he trying to do with him? He's trying to get him to use this power that God has given him to show how great he is. He never did that. All the times he used his powers was to help people. Not to show how great he was. Was to, was to help people. Everything, think about it. Every miracle he did, he was helping someone or a group or a 5,000 or the 4,000. There's some scripture as well, Mark, that he came to serve. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. But he also tells us, kid, you who want to be great shall be servant to all. So isn't it amazing? And he talks about the pastors. He talks about the pastors and, 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 and the pastors should not lord it over to the saints. The pastor again has got to be the humble. Servant. servant. Humble, yes, David. Humble, yes, that's, that, that's fine. He's got to be the servant. But it doesn't make him weak. No. It makes him strong in the Lord. But it means we, we have to serve. So, you know, for, for, for doing the, the teaching, we're serving the people to try to get them to get stronger in the Lord. You know, and to be blessed by God. It is, you know, it's so simple, you know. And I'm going, when I look at it, I'm going, why don't people 
want more joy and hope and peace and, and, you know, and, and, and have that hope for the future no matter where we are now. Life will be better. And even if it gets worse, to know that we're going to get through it. And if we die, I'll meet him in the clouds first. Well, if I die first, Mark, I'm going to meet him before you. Hallelujah. Because the dead shall rise first. All this stuff is to strengthen our spirit and our hope. So, so we, we have that same hope of our Lord Jesus Christ that he wants to give us. It's just, it's just fascinating. And the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the, on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, you feel the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and, their, and in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. You know, yet again. Can you imagine being on top of the temple? So what? If he's at the temple, what's around the temple? Who goes to the temple? Ah, oh, surprise, surprise, loads of people. So what the devil is doing again, he's saying, oh, tell you what, the angels will stop you falling. What a great show. Watch this. And the angels come. He said, no. I'm not going to do that. Because he knew that he'd got to give us the word. It's the word that makes us free. Not the miracles. Amen. So he said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And that's, that's the same for us. Don't tempt him. You know, go to him when we need help by all means, but don't tempt, don't go and do the things you know not to do. Because all you're doing is tempting God's love and his providence to, to us. So it is not about I, I, I use some stupid examples. I said, don't close your eyes next time you go in across the main road and say, I'm going to get God to look after me. They just stepped out on the road and knocked them over. Like, you know, they've got their eyes closed. Don't tempt God in anything. Just go to Him in humility and just ask Him for help in everything that you do. Okay, so yet again, He wants to do a miracle to show how incredible He is. Again, He took them on an exceedingly high mountain, showed them all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and He said to them, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Isn't that amazing? I still am amazed that, you know, when people say, see, the Jews thought that when they were rich, they were the blessed ones of God. So when Jesus came back and said, well, give all your riches away and follow me. What? And even the apostles said, no one can be, can be saved then because they believed that the riches were a blessing. And they are. And they, but they're not the blessing. They're not the blessing. And so what fascinates me is that the devil can give riches. Mm, think about it. I'll give you all these kingdoms if you bow down and worship me. Does anybody know any bad people that are really rich? <laughs> Do they want to know God? They don't need to, do they? I don't need to. No, in their minds, I know what's right. They don't need to, do they? 
we look at the, the, the night on that return, the people that are closest to God are people in the third world countries who have nothing. So they lean on the Lord because that's all they have, that's all they know. We are just pushed with material things, aren't we? So our mind slips off God because we think, oh, the next technology is that, the other. If you've got money, you don't need the Lord. That's how a lot of people are, you know, not necessarily if we've got money, we don't need them, but, you know, a lot of people. It's very scriptural, though. It's very scriptural, you know. God, God, God gave Solomon all the riches of the world. He was the richest person. He says, now we're richer than him. So Bill Gates and, and, and B. Boss and, and who else is that? Who's, who's Amazon? Zuc- Zuc- Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. These are all the, the, some of the richest people in the world now. All from technology. None of them. None of them believe in the Lord. And they'll even give money to other things rather than the Christians. The Bible tells us why. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, go home and get a needle out, and look at the size of a camel. So it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Kevin, Kevin said it on one of the services just on a Sunday, and he said there's, there's more scriptures about finance than, than of anything else. Because God knew what it would do to people. And he says, it takes them away. He says, don't worry about the rich. They shall have their reward. They think they're having their reward. No. No. Don't forget. Judgment Day comes and they'll be rewarded for what they have done. Or they will not do. Okay. And what did he do at the end of it? And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan! For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Hallelujah! Mm. So it's, it's quite fascinating again, so that you know, he used his own word to defeat Satan. What was written? So we know that written word is powerful. And don't forget, if you go right to the beginning of the Bible, where God created the world with God. <coughs> with Thank you. We are speaking. But... Isn't it amazing, though, as well, when, when people read names from our time, come to the Lord, and they get baptised, as Jesus did, filled with the Holy Spirit and then a lot of them that they're tempted just the same way as Jesus not that, not that they go out into the wilderness and fast before today but the amount of people we've seen when they've been you know, filled and baptised and twelve months down the line they've gone because gone, the devil's come and tempted them you think about this every time we've had a Holy Spirit day. My last bit of preaching on the Holy Spirit day. Be careful when you go home. Yeah. The devil's going to be after you. You're going to have thoughts. <laughs> you're going to have doubts. You're going to have problems galore. You're going to say, what on earth's going on? 
and you're going to think, no, this hasn't happened, this isn't real, and all the rest of it. And I tell everyone, when you get it, you start using your scripture. Read it. I said, if you have trouble, ring me. Because we know, don't we, Lynn, after all these years, we know that the devil just comes and lies to us. That's what the Bible says. He's the father of all lies. And it's everything that we say out of our mouth, which is negative, it's a lie. God can. God can. God can. God will. God will. God will. God will. That's what he says. Is it anything impossible for me? Nothing is impossible for me. It's fascinating. And that's why it's this teaching that God to change our minds. You can't say, oh well, I don't think that's correct. I don't believe God would say this or do that. Hello? And I say, where were you when God created the earth then? Because you must have wanted to be there because you're wiser than God now. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a horrible thought, but it, that's what it is. And that's why he says, the words will make it for you. Make it for you. Make it for you. Make it for you. Don't worry, Leslie. Everyone does it because they read other Bibles. Make it for you. Make it for He's making us. He's working on us. That's what he can. This is the hope that no matter where we're at now, if you let him, he'll work upon us. But we've got to listen to him and take it to him and then do it. We've got to do it. All these things that we're, we're teaching, all these wonderful things like time and management and, and, and putting things in order and spending time with the Lord in prayer and study and coming to Bible study and, and debating some of the things. Not everything, but some of the things important and it's important to tell people what we feel as well so if we don't do that we can't help each other incredible this is why Jesus is called the hope of the world not what we think what he tells us is just absolutely amazing okay and he chooses disciples and you'll be glad to know that He's chosen you! <laughs> a, this, is, this is amazing now, isn't it? It's amazing. Why has he chosen us? Because we're foolish. Isn't that great? It's because we're the foolish ones! <coughs> he says, I should call the foolish of this world. The base people of this world. So it's the first time I've ever been really happy to, to, for somebody to call me foolish. What he'll do, he'll give us the wisdom of God. Which is, don't forget, the Bible says that the wisdom of God, all man's wisdom, all piled together, all the technology and everything a man can ever think and do, doesn't come up to the base of God's wisdom if he's got a base. Incredible. And so all this is, you know, this is why we look at these scriptures and say, like, you know, so he chose the disciples. Let's just quickly do this. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And straight away he started to minister, okay? And he, he, he chose his twelve apostles, which we know. He went up in the mountain, called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve that they might be with him, that he might send them out 
might send them out, but he did send them out. Anyway, so it's like us. He's not might going to send you out. He is going to send you out. So don't say, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just got to make sure you understand. He can. He can, whoever you are. The appointed trial, they might be with him, they might send them out to <coughs> preach. Preach means to hope to tell. To tell. Because don't worry about, you know, people say, oh, you're, you're preaching. We preach to people every day about something. <laughs> whether it's about ourselves, whether it's about the weather, or, you know, what we're doing is telling people. And our power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Isn't it amazing? Heal sicknesses and cast out demons. This is still with them doing the same today. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, John, to whom James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, Boanerges, that's not a song, which means sons of thunder, let's call them sons of thunder, so it's easy. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and of course Judas Iscariot. Who also betrayed him and they went out of the house. So it's amazing that he only chose 12. Why only 12? Why didn't he choose 500? 12, 12 um, clans of the Jewish nation. Families, not clans. Why 12? He only chose 12 people. One for each day of the week. 12 churches. <laughs> We know it's 12. Why 12? Because that's all we Think about this. In the Old Testament, um, Moses led them out, and Moses was number one man in his life. How many people were there then? I think it was too many. And they queued day and night to see Moses for the wisdom. And Jethro, the heathen um, father in law, went to him and said, What are you doing, Moses? He said, What are you doing? He said, I've got to look after all the people. He said, This is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. I'll paraphrase. And he said, Why don't you just, why don't you just get people to do all this work and, and only bring the serious stuff to you. So we made captains of ten, fifties, hundred, and a thousand. So think about it. Ten. We have one person looking after ten. So it's nearly twelve, isn't it? So in other words, we can't look after anyone doing teaching in a class. It's hopeless. Thirty, thirty, thirty kids. It's, 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 it's very hard, but with 10, 12 people, it's very simple to keep control of the class. Yeah. <coughs> Captains of tens. Think about this 10 tens is 100. So the next one, only have to look after the 10 leaders that are looking after the 10. The 10 hundreds are a 1,000. So they only have to look after 10 each time. Quite fascinating, isn't it? So with the problem but that after that got too big, it went to Moses. Twelve tribes. Got out the twelve tribes from, from, from Jacob. 
made the 12 tribes, they became the 12 tribes of Israel, they went down to Egypt and they grew and everything else and that's what it was. And God used those 12 names. Correct. So we've got 12 apostles. How many gates in, in, in how many? Yeah, how many? Is it 12 gates? It is. 12, 12 gates in, in, in heaven as well, in, in, in the new Jerusalem when it comes down. It's 12, 12, 12, you're right. 12 months. It's quite fascinating, isn't it? Something to do with the numbers. Everything in, in, in the Bible has a number for something. And so it is. 12 anyway. So he called them. So it didn't really matter. Did he call the, did he call the clever? Did he call the mighty? Did he call the rich? No, he called the... Well, absolutely. It, 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 it's quite fascinating, isn't it? He didn't call these amazing people. And, and straight away, he chose, started to choose them. And don't forget, we've got to remember that... No, it's not there. We've got to remember that as soon as he, he called these people, what did they do? <coughs> Dropped everything and followed, which is just like unbelievable to us today. What else did, what else did they do? Straight away, they went and told somebody else. They told their families, their family, something. And so, you know, so some of these, some of these, some of these uh, disciples that were called went and told the brother, and the brother John, James and John and Andrew and Bartholomew. And they went and told their, they went and told them. So straight away, they were spreading the good news. So that's quite fascinating. Um, straight away, and so that they, no matter what happens. They transferred allegiance from what they was doing directly to Jesus. Jesus must have had this amazing aura about him, mustn't he, for him to live from just a call. And they just followed him. I mean, I wish it was like that today. Right? You're going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, yes, Mark. Praise the Lord. It would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Then you wouldn't have to fight with everyone. Hallelujah. Fight those demons in Jesus' name. So... It, off it went. Andrew became the first soul winner. He brought his Simon, Simon Peter to Jesus. Although Andrew never wrote an apostle, uh, uh, an epistle, or nothing, did he? But he was one of those one of those founding founding members. And yet, and yet, Peter, who we called after him, became a great apostle um, for, as far as we're concerned. And he wrote one of the books. Philip brought us into it, and he went and found Nathaniel, Bartholomew. And, and, and he was a devout Jewish scholar who readily accepted Jesus Christ. So, so his brother was the fisherman, he was a scholar, and he just called him and said, we found the Messiah, and he readily followed. So it, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating. And while, and he, and he just carried on, and although some of the apostles, don't forget, carried on fishing, didn't they, for a while. Because they had to, because don't forget some of those things that Jesus did. He went to see them. And so some of them went there. But once he would call, once he called them, I'm going to make you fishers of men, they left their nets and just followed Jesus Christ. So Matthew was asked, what was Matthew? Wow! Who, you know, in those days the tax collectors were, 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 were evil. They would be ta taxing you more than, the, than, than they're supposed to. And who pocketed it? Sounds just like the tax man today. Praise the Lord. So it's, it's in. And so it's, it's quite amazing. But Matthew, 
became that one who made some records as well. So he, he used his skills. Here we go. Did use some of the skills that they had. And what? It took Jesus. It doesn't seem like it in the Bible, but the scholars have worked it out. It took him between a year and 18 months to choose his disciples. In ours, you just read it. Oh, and he chose the disciples. And, but the scholars said well, from his journeys, it, it looked like he went between 12 months and 18 months to do it. And don't forget, he selected them because he knew he was going to be able to train them as well. He knew they would listen as well. So that was quite fascinating. And that's, that's, that's the way we've got to be, is to begin to look at it, to accept that this is not just a teaching just to make our life better. This is a teaching that will take us closer to God and allow God to bless us even more. That's his promise. He wants to give good gifts to his children. That's what the Bible says. What gifts? Everything. Fruits of the Spirit, definitely. But he said, he even said about us in our even our flesh, the desires of even our heart he will give us if we follow him. It can't be the most important because we won't get it. Because all would be like it's like the earth. Amen, Kevin. And Keep. All things be given unto you. Close. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Yes. Brilliant, Wendy. His righteousness. Because his righteousness is the right way of life that he's given us. That's what righteousness is. It's being up, upright. It's being standing for God. It's knowing God. It's knowing those things that He does. And so you can understand that's why the righteousness is so important. Is that every time He talks about righteousness, it's the right way. And, and God's trying to teach us the right way. He's trying to transform your mind so you can have this wonderful, happy life. So when we... we we, we, we say, well, I don't believe that or I don't want to do that. Guess what we're saying? It's incredible, isn't it? And what did he tell us to believe in? Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. <coughs> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's gives us our life. That's what makes us blessed. That's what makes us strong in faith. And the ability to, to, to accept all that's going on around us, knowing that I'm still standing on the... Hallelujah. I'm glad somebody was listening Sunday. Praise the Lord. It's amazing that he, yeah, he picked Judas Iscariot to see knowing that he was going to be the one that would be trained, and yet he was included in the trail from mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Of the world, that was Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, put yourself in Judas Iscariot's place then. Mm-hmm. Hey, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No wonder he went and killed himself. All of a sudden it all flowed into him, and he said, Well, God, music. Because mm-hmm. he knows what man's like. Yeah, I think it's quite a good well the scripture tells us you know that in the church yeah. you shall have tears 
And who's put the tears in the church, the people said. And he said, hmm, the devil. He sold the, the tears into your church to try to, try to disrupt you, mm -hmm. to take you away from God and, and all the rest of it. So it shows you how much we've got to know the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So to know that these things are going to come and not to sort of go, oh, well, look at them. Yeah, they're horrible, they are. Well, they're a tear, they're there for a reason. But did God tell us to get them out? What did he tell us to do then?